1: The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. When
2: Nicole Sandler sits down to do her show, she's the producer, booking the guests, pulling the audio, planning the show, the engineer, running the controls, troubleshooting any problems, playing the sounds, calling the guests. She's the webmaster, writing the blog, posting the podcast, maintaining the website,
1: not to mention the host, interviewing the guests, explaining the issues, giving opinions and calling out the bad guys. And then you get The Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com.
0: And right, I think I'm done now. I just need to go take a nap because, you know, I'm tired. Um, that's one of the things we do to keep ourselves healthy, try to eat right, get enough sleep, you know, do reasonable things. And sometimes that's not enough. As we get older, we find we need more medical care. And so we have something called health insurance in this country. Unfortunately, some years ago, like many years ago, I started calling our for-profit system of healthcare insurance government sanctioned extortion. And the reason is kind of well self-explanatory. You know, if you follow when you get a bill uh, from your doctor that says what, you know, what they charge for a certain procedure, then what what they your insurance allows which is generally what they charge your insurance company and then what your percentage of that is. So if, if say, Procedure X, they charge $2,000 for it, just say um, whatever, Procedure X, but they, they negotiate with the, um, with the different medical practices and, and organizations, and so your insurance company only charges your doctor... $500 for that procedure that they charge their list price, say, is $2,000 for. And then your share of that, say you have a 20% copay, is whatever 20% of 500 is, right? Don't ask me to do the math because that's the reason I'm not a doctor. Well, there's a lot of reasons I'm not a doctor, but you get the idea. So, but if you don't have health insurance... Not only do you not just pay the 20% of the $500, you're responsible for the entire $2,000. Get it? Government-sanctioned extortion. They get you coming and going. But there's other things at play that show why we are not getting the health benefits of so-called health insurance. In some cases, the insurance actually makes us sicker. I'll give you one more example before we bring on our guest. Back in 20, was it, 2016, I had lung cancer, right? I was diagnosed with lung cancer. Just, boy, talk about said diagnosis out of right field. I, last thing I expected. I um, <laughs> didn't think that was possible. But anyway, um, in the middle of all the pre- preparation for the surgery, where they're going to cut out most of my left lung, because I had not one, but two separate tumors. Anyway, my insurance company at the time was United Healthcare, and it was through the Affordable Care Act. It was the only reason I had it because as a self-employed person, I had trouble getting insurance before the Affordable Care Act. So I kept a journal of my lung cancer treatment. And if I go back, and it's posted by the way, at nicole.sandler.com. If you look on the main navigation bar of the website, there it says you know home, Nicole Sandler show, about Nicole, what's news, voiceovers, pandemic painting, donate, fuck cancer. Yes, there's a heading called called fuck cancer, and it has my my journal from my time dealing with uh, uh, um lung cancer and it, it talks about going in for a test the pulmonary function test and i was being treated at the sylvester cancer center which is part of the university of miami um health group well my appointment was at 1 p.m i'm reading from the journal my appointment was at 1 p.m and we arrived early Unfortunately, my insurance company, the ironically named United Healthcare, did everything they could to ensure that it was a miserable, stressful experience. Upon checking in at the registration desk, we were told that the quote finances hadn't cleared. That was their euphemism for insurance authorization isn't in yet. And then I I I guess I was being generous and I didn't subject you the reader to the the that what I went through, I just wrote, after more than an hour and a few meltdowns from me, we finally got the go-ahead for the test. I remember it clearly because I started screaming. They put me on the phone with someone. and I'm like, so am I just supposed to die? I'm here. You knew I was coming here. I've had this appointment for this test, and you haven't authorized it yet? What the hell? I guess I should just die and then you won't have to worry about me anymore. That's I often resort to that too when I when I'm talking to these health insurance extortionists on the phone. Should I just die? Is that what you want? And I feel bad because I know it's not the actual person on the other end of the phone that's doing this. They just have the the crappy job of having to talk to people like me who they're denying benefits that we pay for. Okay, with that as an intro, let me re- welcome back to the program Wendell Potter. We got to know Wendell Potter a dozen years ago or more, when Wendell had just left his job as uh, the, the, the communications person for Cigna Healthcare. Right, Wendell? That's that's who you were. The last job you had anyway in the health insurance industry was for Cigna, and you were the corporate um, mouthpiece. You were the person who was supposed to talk to the public and make it seem like everything was okay, Right. So exactly, exactly. and and we got to know you when you turned whistleblower. You testified before Congress, and to this date, Wendell Potter, you're still the only former insurance industry uh, executive who's come forward as a whistleblower to say what they're doing is not helpful. (laughs) Right? That's an understatement.
3: That's right. That's right, Nicole. That's going to change though pretty soon because. uh, I've been able to find a few other former insiders willing to step up and step out. Oh, good. So uh, stay tuned and follow our work on our, our newsletter, which is called healthcare uncovered on the Substack platform.
0: And they can get that at, at Wendell Potter at health at Substack.com, right? I just yeah, I
3: think it's Wendell Potter.substack.com. Yep. You can, you can find it there. And in fact, tomorrow uh, we will have a piece that is written anonymously by a former insider talking about what you're talking about, about how prior authorization really works inside these big companies. So uh, watch out for that.
0: Well, I had lived it, so I've been through it, but I knew that prior authorization is another term that people need to understand, just like Medicare Advantage. And you and I have spoken at length about that. Um, And I got to say, let me say that we successfully got my husband off of Medicare Advantage and into a Medicare, a Medigap policy, where today, in fact, he had to go for um, uh, for so, a, a new drug or a new treatment or a, te- a test or something. Maybe it was physical therapy, whatever it was. The Medicare covers 80% and his Medigap policy covers the other 20%. And he has no copay. And he can go to any facility that takes Medicare, which is most of them, as opposed to on a a Medicare Advantage plan, which works just like my crappy HMO that I'm able to get through the Affordable Care Act, during which they have to pre-approve every single procedure, drug, you name it. The, The health insurance company gets to decide what care you get, regardless of what the doctors say. So you, in your latest piece or in in a few pieces over the last couple of weeks, pointed out a new uh, article, a new report from ProPublica about people's issues with this prior authorization. Um, So let's talk about that a little bit, because this that ProPublica story is just devastating. It tells about this young man who was healthy. He enrolled in a United Healthcare program through his university. I think it was Penn State, right. a, and um, he developed a, a, a colitis, a bad, a, a really bad version of of, of uh, colitis, and he was unable to function. Basically, he was tethered to his home to the bathroom, where he was sick all the time. And the long story short of it is, United Healthcare didn't want to pay for the. Um, out-of-the-ordinary treatment that he needed because his, his, his illness was uh, treatment-resistant, I guess is a way to put it, right? And, and so we learned about this nurse who seemed to have an inordinate amount of power to deny him the coverage and to, to guide the review of his case to doctors who would go along with their uh, recommendation that they not pay for this uh, treatment, right?
3: That's right. And and that nurse was uh, understood at least initially by the parents of this young man to be actually working on behalf of Penn State when she was uh, actually an employee of United Health Care or United Health Group. And uh, yeah, it's just an extraordinary story about what this young man, and fortunately he had his parents to go to bat for, and they were both on the faculty at Penn State. Uh, And uh, the lies that were told uh, the reporters were able to get uh, documents that were filed as part of the lawsuit because the parents were savvy enough uh, to bring litigation against United. And they ultimately prevailed and got the the coverage that he needed, which was coverage for uh, a combination of chemotherapy chemotherapy drugs. So United said, no, nah, let's try something else, that's cheaper and see if that works, which he already had done. And this young man was in debilitating pain and and just was not able to carry on a normal life. And United and the people who we saw through that story back at headquarters or wherever they were, were laughing at at this situation and laughing at his mother for advocating so fiercely for her son. It was just astonishing.
0: Unbelievable. And here's the thing that we learned is that they count on you not fighting for what you are paying for. So they know, and we learned this through that day at the University of Miami Hospital in Miami when they didn't turn us down once, they didn't turn us down twice, they didn't turn us down three times, but the fourth time they let us, or I should say they did turn us down the first three times. The fourth time they approved it. And what I learned is after that, They will always turn it down three times. And on the fourth time, it'll go through. They want you to jump through hoops. They want to see you jump. They want to see you light yourself on fire and jump through the hoop and then get your doctor to jump through the same hoops because each time you challenge it, they have to have a conference with the doctor. They make you jump through hoops figuring that most people will not. Maybe they'll try it once. Maybe they'll try it twice, and then they'll go away and give up.
3: Oh, that's exactly right. And, the, and as I pointed out, as those reporters at ProPublica pointed out, the industry counts on on the fact that people just give up. They, in many cases, don't know their rights to appeal. Uh, but all too often, people are just too sick to even go to bat for themselves. That's why it is so important to try to be a squeaky wheel, uh, but also try to have somebody in your life that can be your advocate for you when you are in debilitating pain Uh, or, you know, suffering the nightmare as you did of getting a cancer diagnosis and then trying to figure out not only how can you fight the disease, but have the strength to and the know-how to fight your insurance company. That's what happens to Americans when they get sick in this country
0: and that you have to do it is a travesty. It's disgusting that people who are already dealing with an illness, pain, suffering, are made to then jump through these hoops, made to suffer more, to get what you've been paying for all along. It's, you know, somebody in the chat room said, oh, that's interesting. The Affordable Care Act did away with pre-existing conditions, but the, but these health insurers, these government-sanctioned extortionists, still have prior authorizations. It's just another way they can get away with not paying for the procedures that are medically necessary.
3: That's exactly right. Not only uh, were they, yes, The good thing is they were prohibited from uh, refusing to sell coverage to people because of pre-existing conditions or because of their gender or their occupation or where they lived. Uh, But Uh, Insurance companies have been able to figure out how to keep those profit margins high by aggressively, more aggressively using prior authorization requirements and also forcing people to pay more and more out of their own pockets for care, Uh, particularly in uh, the ACA exchange plans, but also uh, employer-sponsored plans. People are paying far more than their, their savings accounts, their bank accounts will allow. Uh, and again, these insurance companies know that only a small fraction of people will fight back and uh, challenge a, a denial, or know what they can do. And in many cases, there really is nothing to do when it comes to out of pockets. You you've, you're on the gu- You're on the hook to pay. In many cases, thousands of dollars out of your own pocket before your insurance company will pay a dime, even if you and an employer have been paying. Uh, premiums uh, month in and month out
0: it doesn't it just doesn't matter it, but it, and it's you know it's so funny it's not funny haha it's funny kind of sad that you know it it's coming down to dollars and cents um so th- there was a time uh, back in the you worked at at Cigna, right? I see in in a your in one of your Substack posts you wrote when I worked at Cigna, most of its money came from managing health benefits for big American employers. No more. You say now uh, of the t- of the 180.5 billion dollars in total revenues the company reported taking in during 2022, 74% of it came from the division it calls Ever North which encompasses the PBM the division that manages employers health benefits and sells individual policies brought in only 44.9 billion dollars what is PBM
3: I'm yeah, glad well, you asked that because it is something that uh, people need to know more and more about and that's what I try to do through the newsletters educate folks mm-hmm. including lawmakers because they don't know in many cases what a PBM right it stands for Pharmacy Benefit Manager, and it's this middleman between you uh, and the drug manufacturer. And it determines whether or not you will have access to a drug your doctor says you need, and if so, how much you'll have to pay out of your own pocket. And in many cases, it's an exorbitant amount. Talk about extortion. You sometimes have to pay just huge amounts of money, uh, even if you can get that medication covered. So they they create their own f- You know their list of drugs that they'll they'll approve. They negotiate deals with drug companies, uh, supposedly uh, to pass along savings to us and our employers. Uh, There's no indication that they really are. They're very opaque. It's almost like a black box. And uh, uh, they and as I said in that piece, and you noted uh, at Cigna and even at CVS. CVS, as you know, uh, owns Aetna now. Maybe you don't know. Maybe I do some know, people...
0: yes, but yeah. some people don't. They do. Yeah,
3: but they own Aetna. They also uh, own and operate about 10,000 retail stores around the country, around the world. Uh, their PBM, which is called Caremark at CVS, brings in more revenue than either the Aetna Health Plans or those 10,000 stores. So that just goes to show you how much money they're sucking out of the drug supply chain. We have, and I think rightfully so, been beaten up on drug companies for quite some time. But meanwhile, these guys have been uh, robbing us blind. Uh, And and it's why when you go to the pharmacy counter, uh, you're in shock in many cases that you have to pay so much money out of your own pocket uh, before your insurance company will pay for anything. And that's why a lot of Americans walk away from the pharmacy counter without their medications because they just don't have the money to pay out of pockets. And it's also to the point that a lot of Americans, if it's, uh, uh, particularly if it's a, a generic medication, you can pay more by not showing your your insurance card now. You can ask your pharmacist, is there a discount program mm-hmm. that, I, that you can find that I can use and I do this all the time. I have a, a Part D plan, but I find consistently that if I don't use it, I can get a better deal by paying out of pocket by using a discount card.
0: Yeah, so things like GoodRx, need- right, that that are showing. And there's this advent of these new pharmacies like Mark Cuban's Cost Plus drugs, and even Amazon has these yep. pharmacies that are are charging reasonable prices for generic drugs.
3: Yeah, you, you're right. You're finding some entrepreneurs are, are really disrupting that space and, and good for them. But a lot of people and a lot of employers don't know about them or think they're, you know, uh, a good fit. So right. Or think uh, you're paying
0: for awesome. your insurance. Of course, they're going to get you a better price than something else. Not necessarily. And so you wrote, though, Cigna in 2018 acquired this pharmacy benefit manager, PBM, Express Scripts. Well, that... Piqued my interest because I have Florida Blue, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. Sure enough, I get a letter from them yesterday from Express Scripts telling me that for now I can still get COVID tests. For free. And through Express Scripts, all I have to do is fill out this thing and send it into them and I should do it now while I can still get them at no cost because pretty soon they won't be no cost anymore. That is how I know that my insurance company now uses Express Scripts for their pharmacy benefits and not Caremark anymore, which it always was before because I know that because I've had to fight with them on numerous occasions.
3: Yeah. People don't realize that these big PBMs, again, not only do they not know that they even exist or what they do, but companies like uh, Express Scripts, like uh, Cigna, uh, sells the services of Express Scripts to other insurance companies like 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 Blue Cross
0: Blue Shield. uh,
3: They also uh, have a a profit center within these companies that sell prior authorization services to other insurers and to employers. So not only are they making money or avoiding paying claims by denying you coverage on the grounds that whatever you've been told you need is not something they're going to cover for whatever reason, but they're also selling their services to employers and other insurance companies. So they're making money on this, product, if you will, yep. uh, while at the same time making us jump through hoops and often not get the medications we need.
0: It, it's it's just astounding. The, it's like the further you dig, the further down the rabbit hole you go. Uh, Wendell Potter is our guest. My husband is here, and he's got a question. I have a feeling I know what he's going to ask, but go ahead. David, meet Wendell. Well,
2: we've met on, on oh, LinkedIn. Met. We've met on LinkedIn. Hey, Wendell, the oh, beard yeah. is new, isn't it? It looks great.
0: Thank you. It looks good. very good. Thank
2: you. So um, what I wanted to comment about. Says the
0: bearded man.
2: Yes, I've (laughs) I've had a beard since 1973. Anyway, so um, what I wanted to comment on was you mentioned about how bad it was when you went for that test at at University of Miami. How about, you know, when we we brought you home from the hospital and we were trying to get you pain medication and we had to take you in pain. From the hospital to (laughs) To half a
0: dozen dozen
2: different pharmacies before we could finally get you the pain medication that you had a legitimate prescription for. Right,
0: and that's because uh, opioids, and God forbid, somebody who actually needs them can get a prescription, and Walgreens wouldn't tell us at one location which location would have enough to fill my prescription, because... Mm -hmm. That
2: was sadistic.
0: Drug addicts? So we had to drive from store to store to find out, and we couldn't get a partial filling of the prescription because if we did, then I wouldn't get the rest of the prescription filled. The, the rules are ridiculous, but that didn't have to do with insurance.
2: No, that didn't have to do with insurance, but it did have to do with insurance because of the fact that you ha- you could have gotten the pain medication in the hospital, but they wouldn't give it to you. Right. And the, the for-profit drug companies, they had their stupid rules and well that's
0: the state of florida i think but anyway wendell's on a a, i thought you were going to ask him about the medical groups
2: well yeah i did but i wanted to to just mention the sadism (laughs) the sadism we encountered when we were trying to get you pain medication yeah wendell what i wanted to ask was there's been a whole lot of hedge funds that have come together and and pooled their money and purchased Uh, a lot of residential housing. And that has caused the price of housing to skyrocket, not just here in the not free state of Florida, but across the country. I wanted to find out if you had any insight as to whether that same sort of thing is going on. Because inevitably, every doctor anymore, it seems that I I look into, it's that their practice has been purchased by some sort of other corporate entity. So is that Mm -hmm. same sort of Piracy going on.
3: It is. You're finding that uh, doctors in primary uh, or independent practice is becoming uh, an endangered species. Yeah. Uh, you you you're seeing that doctors increasingly are not able to keep their their own practices independent. So. Uh, they will listen when when a private equity firm comes and talks to them because it is difficult for them to continue to operate. Uh, They're frustrated that they have to do all this work of battling insurance companies themselves on behalf of their patients. The other thing to keep in mind is that not only are you seeing uh, practices being bought by private equity firms, but also by big hospital systems and these big insurance companies. I bet you few people know that United Healthcare is the biggest employer of doctors in this country. They've been on a, an acquisition binge, not buying up just competitors or PBMs, but by but but physician practices. They now uh, employ uh, about seventy thousand doctors, more than anybody else in the country. So you see what's going on. On the one hand, they have insurance that they sell, but they also own all these physician practices so they can steer you uh, into one of their practices that they own. And uh, uh, the same thing goes on with the PBMs. They can uh, steer you toward uh, either their own mail order service, or uh, a pharmacy that they've been able to cut a good deal with, and increasingly, yep. uh, the pharmacies that are they're left out are the independent pharmacists that have low margins in the first place, have had longstanding relationships with their with their customers, but increasingly they're closing. There's one that is closed uh, just a few weeks ago in Brattleboro, Vermont, and I brought this to the attention of Bernie Sanders and his team so that they will hopefully understand that you gotta give some attention to these PBMs and these big insurance companies uh because they are uh, I think in my view uh even worse than and than drug companies at least drug companies make a product that we all need at right. one point. Uh, you cannot make the same claim of insurance companies and PVMs.
0: No, and and you know, I'm seeing it everywhere. From uh my doctors, who I've some of them who I've seen for years and years, no longer own their own practices. Now they work for the man for the big corporations. They're not happy about it. But they also, you know, they have they have to staff offices to people to deal with referrals and prior authorizations and these challenges and and so much that i guess that's an extra expense that they don't need these big corporations can just put it under their corporate heading to the people who already do that and take longer to do it anyway and they don't care because it's all the 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 business of it i suppose it's it's just it's horrible
3: (laughs) It is, and more and more doctors and nurses are leaving the profession. Uh, I think it was 2021, the last numbers I saw, about 3,000 doctors, nurses, and other clinicians left their careers, left their jobs, because largely because of the interference of these big companies and the way they practice medicine, the way they know they should be treating their patients, and also it's become a, a big source of burnout for doctors Uh, They use the term moral injury to describe what they go through in dealing with uh, insurance companies as they try to advocate for the patients. Moral
0: injury. Wow. Yeah.
3: And doctors have the highest rate of suicide in this country of any
0: profession. Oh my god. You know, Wendell Potter, we we've been talking like I said for years, really, about Medicare Advantage and educating people to what it is. Again, it's, you know, it's it's it's, it's brave, brave new world double speak. It's not Medicare Advantage. You even said it in your uh you did you testified before the New York City Commission on Public Works because the mayor, this new mayor of New York decided he was going to put all their their there's public service retirees onto a Medicare Advantage program?
3: That's right. It's what more and more local or state governments and employers are doing. They think they or they're told that they can save money if they will shift their retirees, if they offer retirement benefits or health benefits to retirees, which is something New York has done for a long, long time. Uh, that um, Aetna, for example, which uh, has been talking to the city of New York, they want to have these retirees in their Medicare Advantage plans. What we saw in New York was uh, the beginning of rebellion. I was delighted to see it because municipal retirees there are up in arms about it. They invited me to go testify at a, a big hearing of the of a, a council committee last month. I was one of 200 people uh, Nicole who signed up to testify. wow and I and did, but it was such a showing of opposition that the council tabled the bill that the mayor was backing oh, on. Good. it was really was really remarkable. It actually started uh not uh under Eric Adams, but under Bill de Blasio. <laughs> so this is kind of a carryover from wow. his regime in New York. But for now, uh, you know, the, the city council uh, said there is just no support for that bill. Good. And we're seeing, though, know, the same thing happening uh, all across the country. But in New York, I'm really encouraged that we're seeing the beginning of what I think is a long last grassroots movement of people who now know. What you're really getting into when you sign up for a Medicare Advantage plan, what the restrictions are, what the shortcomings are, what you might have to pay out of your own pocket if you inadvertently go out of network or go out of town to get care.
0: Right. And and the thing is, we were talking some months ago about this newest scam, it's the only word I can use, where... Patients are being put into Medicare Advantage plans without their knowledge, without their consent, um, through something called direct contracting. And this is a deal that the doctor's office, in many cases now owned by one of these big corporations, um, uh, sells their patients, I guess, to these direct contracting firms who put you in. A Medicare Advantage plan. Now, keep in mind, these are not doctors. These are basically hedge funds or other investment firms. They're all about the money. They're not about the healthcare. Am I am I on the right track there? No, you,
3: you are right. These are these entities are corporate entities in many cases, in some cases subsidiaries of Humana, where I also used to work, and other big insurance companies that are that are trying to grab uh, a bit more of the money out of the Medicare trust fund. It is why that plus the Medicare Advantage program is why uh, we are seeing the date getting even closer when the Medicare trust fund uh, will not have enough money to pay all the bills. Uh, We have been as a country overpaying Medicare Advantage plans to the tunes of billions of dollars every year. Uh, the MedPAC, which is a, a, an organization that advises Congress on paying for Medicare services, uh, calculated that uh, over the past several years, $124 billion have been spent in overpayments to Medicare Advantage plans. And it's getting worse every single year. These companies have figured out how to game a part of the system, and Medicare Advantage, Advantage has become these companies' cash cow on their health plan side. Uh, and in many cases, on the other side, the PBMs are their other cash cow. So you see what's going on here. These companies have become enormous. They're much bigger than they were when I worked in the industry. That's right. They're giants. And uh, uh, United Healthcare is the number five largest US company in the Fortune 500. And CVS is number four. These companies are not going to be satisfied until they're at the very top controlling more and more of our lives and our access to care.
0: Wow. You know, and then it was um, in, I think, October that two uh, members of the Progressive progressive Caucus in the House, Mark Pocan and Ro Khanna, introduced the Save Medicare Act. And it says the Save Medicare Act argues that Medicare Advantage plans are deceptive and overcharge seniors for profit, we should also add. Actually, not not so much overcharge seniors, but overcharge taxpayers, and they're the ones that are killing us. Um, and so this bill would prohibit, prohibit private insurers from using the word Medicare in plain titles or advertising and, and levy fines on payers that use that deceptive practice. Um, obviously, the 117th Congress ended and that bill never, I don't even think it came up for a vote. So it's dead now. And now that the Republicans control the House, I doubt it'll be reintroduced in this Congress. Um, so are we back at the starting line again here?
3: Well, actually, I do think they they plan, they they will reintroduce they it will. if they haven't already. Uh, I think it's unlikely it'll go through Congress, as you noted, uh, with Republican control of the House. The chances are not very strong, but uh, it has, uh, uh, in fact, I wrote a an op-ed with uh, Congressman Pocan and Congressman Khanna that was in the Nation magazine uh, now some weeks ago. But other members of Congress are stepping up and finally waking up to realize uh, what has happened. And uh, uh, I was able to address the uh, entire uh Congressional Progressive Caucus week before last to talk oh, about these issues. And a lot of members of Congress have just unwittingly or under pressure from the insurance industry signed a letter that they circulate every year on Capitol Hill to get lawmakers to say how much they support Medicare Advantage. And in the past, even members of the Progressive Caucus have signed that damn letter. This year, Uh, because of some of the work that uh, I have done and other advocates have done, a lot of them are saying they're not gonna sign it. And there is another letter that uh, is going around that uh, says, hold on, we've got something going on here that needs to be looked at and fixed. Uh, So stay tuned for that as well too. I think we will see that more and more members will at long last begin to push back in some hopefully meaningful way. Uh, against Medicare Advantage. Once again, uh, Republicans have been reliable allies of the uh, insurance industry, as unfortunately have a lot of Democrats. But at least I think we're beginning to work on Democrats to open their eyes to what's happening.
0: Well, and, and it takes repeating this over and over again to get it through some walls. I mean, people hear the word Medicare and they think that, okay, it's good, it's Medicare. In fact, you and I are both on an email list. And about a month or two or three ago now, um, the subject came up again, and somebody who should know better wrote, "I, you know, Medicare and Medicare Advantage are a couple of the only things that our government has done right." And I jumped in. I'm like, "I, you're saying Medicare and Medicare Advantage like they're the same thing? You should know better. They are not." And we had a whole discussion on this list, which then yeah. resulted in a, a, a an opinion piece in the Washington Post. Uh, by one of our members and and this man finally understanding what we're saying because he didn't get that medicare advantage was not medicare so it'd be one thing if that legislation goes through and they can't use the word anymore but we have to get the government the cms the center for medicare service or whatever cms stands for to not promote this plan because it's not medicare right
3: Exactly. and during the Trump administration uh insurers just uh, uh, really had strong allies uh, in the White House and were able to uh, the, the 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 ACO reach or the direct contact tracking uh program that you mentioned started during the Trump administration or regrettably part of it is being carried forward under the Biden administration um but yeah. Uh, The insurance industry has done an exceptionally good job of conflating real Medicare, true Medicare, traditional Medicare with Medicare Advantage. And so uh, I wasn't terribly shocked. Uh, I was disappointed that somebody on that list uh, would not really understand. But that's what we're up against. These companies have been able to advertise as they have, uh, deceivingly, leaving out important information and getting people to think that there's no distinction between uh medicare and medicare advantage
0: right and so that's our job is to keep preaching preach the truth tell people what it is and demand change and if you know someone like look we thought this is the way we go because it's all we can afford but when you when you when you Bring out the spreadsheet and, and game out the cost, we realize that in the long term, due to co-pays and, and, and deductibles and stuff on these so-called Medicare Advantage plans, you actually come out way ahead by doing what David's doing now, which is um, traditional Medicare with a gap policy. And when you price it out for 12 months and figure in how many times you may go to the doctor and what co-pays you'll have to pay, it comes out cheaper. And that's without any major things coming up. And know when there's something major, you're not going to be denied the treatment you need if you have traditional Medicare.
3: You're, you're right. And what Congress really should be doing is uh, curtailing the power and influence and greed of these private insurance companies. As I've said, Nicole, you may have heard me say this, Medicare Advantage is neither Medicare nor is it an advantage for so many people. Uh, but they've they've been drawn in with this siren song from insurance companies that they 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 enroll and in many cases find out when it's too late what is what what they've signed up for. Uh, but um, uh, there's a lot that we can do. Just imagine if we could uh, uh, create a system in which people in traditional Medicare don't have to buy a supplement policy. Uh, it was the, the Medicare program was created back in the '60s, and it was very similar at that time to traditional Medicare and traditional insurance plans that were indemnity plans that had an 80% coverage of 20% on your own. Uh, that was back in the day when healthcare costs were not anywhere close to what they are now. Uh, but now, if you are stuck with 20% of a hospital bill, uh, that's a lot of money. So Congress really, instead of shoveling money into insurance companies, should begin to close that gap, uh, should begin to say that Medicare Advantage, Medicare, uh, traditional Medicare uh, enrollees are not going to be on the hook for that kind of money.
0: That's right. And people need to know this. And you are are doing the job, uh, certainly. I was going to say better than anyone else, but you're the only one so far from from that industry doing it. But you say that'll change soon. It'll uh- change soon. <laughs>
3: uh, I've at long last been able to uh, lure myself some former insiders into this work, and uh, uh, I'm hoping that we will continue to be able to make a difference and get the attention in particular policy makers, but also our employers who've been sold a bill of goods uh, by insurance companies have been bleeding them dry for decades.
0: Definitely. So share, get Wendell's um, um- it's Substack newsletter because it's filled with information. I learned some. I learned something from you every time I read one of your uh, one of your newsletters. Wendell Potter oh. again. Find him. Go to uh, WendellPotter.substack.com. I'll put links on the blog today where you can get it, uh, and and stay on top of it because it's up to us to educate the people who uh, it, the message has not gotten through to yet. Wendell, I know you need to run to a thing. So thank you for being here today. I so appreciate. Always appreciate it.
3: Uh, Always a pleasure, Nicole. Thanks for having me on again. Thank you. You take care.
0: You too. Thank you so much. Wendell Potter, everyone. Uh, I'm telling you, an American hero. Thank you, Wendell. Um, He really is. And so I found the uh, his testimony from uh, it's a piece from uh, January 9th. So just less than a month ago, Wendell Potter testified before New York City's committee on civil service and labor about the mayor's plan, I guess it goes back to De Blasio to put retirees on Medicare Advantage. You have to listen carefully. If you're watching the video, you'll see the the uh, the text the uh, the statement is transcribed. But if you're just listening, you can hear it too. Just listen up. Okay, here's Wendell Potter. Rosa, of the thank you for
3: this opportunity. If you don't remember anything else, I say that. Please remember this: the Medicare Advantage is neither Medicare nor is it an advantage for millions of Americans.
0: Neither Medicare nor is it, it advantage. No. I'm a former healthcare
3: second and used to come up with a PR and marketing schemes to sell these private funds. I'm also the son of a woman who died ten years before she did, and I'm not been able to move her out of Medicare Advantage. Mm. And I
0: can
3: explain that if you need.
0: Okay, I know that's hard to hear. I will post that video uh, on the blog today, where I post the show. It'll be at nicole.sandler.com/2-6-23. Um, but but uh, we, yeah, it goes on for about three minutes, and the, the sound quality is not good. But it, but it is transcribed, so you can read it yourself. Okay, I know it's depressing. It's hard to hear that stuff, but I think it's so important, and that's why I keep going back to it. Um, because this is a subject we all need to understand, and and it, it it sucks that frankly people who should know better, like I mentioned, the person on that list, you'd you would shit if you if I told you who it was. I mean, somebody who really should know better, and it took it took me almost yelling at him in print to say, would you fucking shut up and listen to what we're saying? Because he didn't want to hear it because the word Medicare was in the name. Sometimes you got to beat people over the head to get them to understand what's best for them. Okay? So uh, I'll tell you something that's good for you. How's this for a segue? Having a healthy smoothie every day. Yeah, I've been waiting. I knew Wendell could only stay for about, you know, for about a half hour actually kept him a little longer than that i hope he gets to his thing on time um but i've had this smoothie ready to go so i packed in this blender in this blend jet too a little bit of plain yogurt a little bit i put water in today um frozen blueberries and a few frozen slices of banana and now i haven't done it yet i'm gonna hit the blend button And there it goes. (laughs) Um, This Blendjet, too. I never had the first Blendjet, but I understand. That was pretty cool. This is even better. It grinds up everything. It's rechargeable. Just you plug in the little USB cord here, so it's rechargeable anywhere. Perfect size. It fits in the cup holder in your car. Take it to the beach. Take it to work. Take it to the gym. Uh, You know, get your smoothie on. Uh, you can make it as healthy or as decadent as you want. I'm I'm trying for the healthy these days, um, but uh, it, it, I love this thing. I really, you know, when I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, it's a little blender. So what? I've got a big blender. The big bl- big blender, I don't pull out because it's a pain in the ass. It's heavy. It's it's just an ordeal, and just getting it out of the closet and putting it on the counter and then cleaning it afterwards. And then you gotta you gotta use a glass, and then it's a mess. This is all self-contained. And when I'm done with it, I just fill it with water, put a drop of um, dishwashing liquid in it, and hit the button again, and it cleans itself, which for me is a big deal. So these things, and they're they're so cool. This one's beautiful. You see the design? I finally found the name. This is the Geode design. They have Disney Blendjet 2s. However, go to Blendjet.com and put in the promo code area, sent by Nicole12. All one word, sent by Nicole12. You'll get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Um it's really good. Look, I didn't think I'd be so uh so happy with this, but I really am. I love it. And I can't recommend it high enough. Uh blendjet.com. Again, enter the promo code SENTBYNicole12 for 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. And you can thank me later. Okay, now because that was so heavy, and we all know we need to keep our stress levels down. Um, here's the latest from Founder Sing. Remember Founder Sing? Well, they've got a little song about everyone's favorite liar. No, not Donald Trump, the other liar.
1: Santos nobody even knows got evicted then got rich but left on paper trail. volleyball Ruth then graduated NYU, and why you in 9-11 killed your mom while she was in Brazil But Catholic, you embellish this a bit. So sad, loved ones lost in the and Holocaust. Such a pretty drag queen, Harper City Ponzi scheme. Goldman Sachs and City Group hired you, but did not. You're such a fucking liar. So much truth got twisted, we can't even list it. You're such a fucking liar if george sandro says it then Be bullshit. walking down fifth avenue mugged by men who stole your shoes still there's no police report that matches that plot horace man, preppy school has no memory of you stole a whole go fund me for a homeless vet stop stop the steal, making deals all your real estate's unreal fact check by the time still mccarthy doesn't mind needs your vote he's the boss it's no problem breaking laws power hungry run by green. You're Such a fucking liar. So much truth got twisted, we can't even list it. You're such a fucking liar. If your sandal says it, then it must be bullshit. You're such a fucking liar. So much truth got twisted, we can't even list it. You're such a fucking liar. If your sandal says
0: it, then it must be bullshit. Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> you're such a fucking liar. <laughs> the the um, uh, founder sing, who disappeared for a while. You know, it seemed like after the election they were they were done, but I I guess not yet. <laughs> uh, any you know any song that uses a profanity in that way? You know, I'm gonna like. So there you go. Um, you're such a fucking liar. That for George Santos. Oh there are others. There are others we could uh we could <laughs> give you to. No, that wasn't the one Courtney Cox danced to. By the way, speaking of that. Chris Frederick, what talk about giving me the opening because I wanted to mention last night the Grammys. Um and that wasn't where I was going. I was going to mention Bruce Springsteen who is now touring for the first time in 7 years. The tour started a week ago last Tuesday night. In Tampa, Florida. I did not go. Um, I'm not in Tampa. I'm about four hours away from Tampa. I'm south. I'm in southeast Florida. Bruce from Tampa went to Atlanta, played there two nights later, then came back into Florida, played in Orlando last night, and then tomorrow night he's down here. He's at the Hard Rock Live, which is smaller than the arenas that he's playing in in other places. And it's part of of a casino. It's, It's the Seminoles own the Hard Rock down here. It's the big guitar hotel you've probably seen advertised. It's not far from here. And the venue is the new Hard Rock Live. And it's bigger than the old one, but it's still smaller than an arena anyway. The tickets for this show are more expensive than anywhere else. And again, the face value were what Bruce usually charges. I think the most expensive ticket face value is $175. He has never been a price gouger until now. So on this tour, Ticketmaster has started what they call dynamic pricing. Dynamic pricing! (laughs) And that means the more demand for the ticket, the higher the prices go. There was a hearing in Congress because this happened to Taylor Swift fans. I guess when it's Taylor Swift fans, you can't go there. Bruce fans, it's whatever. So anyway, the show here... You know, sold out immediately. I couldn't even get into the queue. They have verified fans, which I thought I was one. And I was on the waiting list and I never even could get in. But once you got in, the ticket prices were so exorbitant that I would have left disappointed anyway. And now on the resale market, the cheapest seats in the 300 level are like 600 bucks a piece. So I'm still hoping someone is going to, you know, send me an email to Nicole at NicoleSandler.com or direct message me on Twitter or Mastodon or Facebook and say, hey, Nicole, I've got an extra ticket for you because I know you, this will be the first Springsteen tour since the river that you're not going to see. There's something just wrong about that. Just say. Now, here's the difference between now and even seven years ago when Bruce last toured and certainly from years past. You can basically watch every song from each of the four shows he's already done on YouTube because there's so many videos there and it's so good. So it's the next best thing. I mean, I could see Bruce doing Thunder Road, which he didn't do on the first show in Tampa, but he's done on the other shows. I know, a little too much, right? But um, he does, Kitty's Back, he does the E Street Shuffle, which I've never seen him perform live. Um, so good, so good. Um, but anyway, it looks like I will not be seeing this tour. Uh, David Wendler says $100 pay-per-view. Screw that, you can get it for free on YouTube. If I'm not in the room, then, you know, then, then no. But I would like to be in the room. Just saying. Tomorrow night, uh, Hard Rock Live in Hollywood, Florida. Anybody want to take me? <laughs> I'll go. And I'm a great person to see Springsteen with because I can name that tune usually, like on the first note. I know I'm I'm annoying. I'm obnoxious. But the other thing that I wanted to tell you about, because that's frustrating, is the Grammys were last night. I didn't watch them because I feel so removed from today's music scene. Although I got to tell you, I now wish that I had seen it for two reasons. So the Grammys last night, first of all, in the pre-Grammy ceremony that started around noon yesterday, they hand out a lot of awards that they don't do during the show. And one of the awards they handed out was for best rock, the rock category, didn't rock and It used to be all about rock. Now they do the rock category in the pre-televised festivities. And who won for best rock song and best rock performance? Well, I should tell you first two was nominated. People like Ozzy Osbourne. People like, I don't know, I don't have the list of nominees in front of me. But, you know, rockers like... Uh, yeah uh, now now it's going to piss me off. Hold on. Now I got to pull it up to see who was nominated against the winner. But um best rock song nominees Grammy uh let's see. Uh, Cuz I got to tell you who was in the category before I tell you who won. All right, Brian Adams, not Ryan Adams, but Brian Adams, so happy it hurts. Black Keys, Wild Child. Um um hold on. Wait. This is not a full list. Um, Black Keys, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh man, read more. Now I gotta find. Now I gotta scroll all the way down to rock. Hold on. Now I can't find it. Control F, rock. Let's let's pull up rock, and see if it'll bring. It won't bring it to me. Damn it. Come on. Okay, rock, 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 rock. Come on, rock. (laughs) It's not giving me all the the whole list. Oh shit. Um. All right, I'm going to keep looking. No, it's not. It's, I, I, I'm on the wrong page. Anyway, uh, against, all right, now I'm, I see. Now, will it go up? Up. Hold on. I, I'm still trying this. I, I want to get you the, uh, all the rock. Okay. No, that's not it. Nope. Um, they, they use the word rock a lot, even before in categories that are not rock. Okay. Uh, here we go. Best rock song. So best rock song, a song from Ozzy Osbourne featuring Jeff Beck, a song from the band, the war on drugs, a song from the band turnstile. I don't even know song from red hot chili peppers. Didn't win. And, um, But the and the best rock performance, kind of the same thing. You know who won? Brandi Carlisle. Brandi Carlisle, who is an Americana sort of folky, sort of alt country artist, won best rock performance and best rock song. I can't play a lot of it, but here's the beginning of it. Maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe, maybe my computer is trying to save me from a copyright violation. This is the beginning of Brandi Carlisle's song, Broken Horses. Okay, it's a rock song. And so you got to listen to that. So she won for best rock rock song and best rock performance. But at the end of the night, they give out the Grammys, the biggies, right? They give out record of the year. They give out album of the year and they give out song of the year. So, record of the year is for the production, the producer actually, and the artist, I guess, but really the producer wins the wins the um, award for the record of the year. It's the whole product. It's how the recording of the song. Then there's album of the year. That's pretty self-explanatory. And the song of the year, well, that's the songwriters, um, that's the songwriters award, and the winner. I I just have to play this for you. Here is the announcement. And it was Dr. Jill Biden who handed out the award for the best, for the song of the year. And, And here's how it went. And
1: the Grammy goes to...
0: Just like that just like that, Bonnie Raitt. That's Bonnie Raitt. And they, they sh- t- turn the camera on her in the audience and she went, you could see this look of shock on her face and she says, she mouths, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> she was just shocked. And so she goes up on stage. Um, I, I want you to hear her speech because it was kind of wonderful. She wrote this book, this, book, this song um, after the death of John Prine. And, and here's uh, what she said. Yeah, I don't care what genre they call it either. She's brilliant. I love Bonnie Raitt. So here's her, here's her acceptance speech. I think, here she comes. All right, she's walking up to the stage oh here. Here we go. Oh my God. Oh. Oh. I'm
4: so surprised. I don't know what to say. This is just an unreal moment. Thank you for honoring me to all the Academy that surrounds me with so much support and appreciates the art of songwriting as I do. I was so inspired for this song by the incredible story of the love and the grace and the generosity of someone that donates their beloved's organs to help another person live. And this story was so simple and so beautiful for these times, and people have been responding to the song partly because of how much I love and we all love John Prine, and that was the inspiration for the music that for this was song the inspiration and telling for the a music story from the inside. Of that song,
0: John Prine. And I
4: thank. I just. I don't write a lot of songs, but I'm so proud that you appreciate this one and what this means for me and for the rest of the songwriters who I would not be up here tonight if it wasn't for the art of the great soul-digging, hard-working people that put these songs and ideas to music. So I thank my team for helping me get this record out. And thank you so much. I'm just totally humbled. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you
0: you. Bonnie Wright. How deserving. She's 73 years old. She is not a songwriter. She's written a few songs, but she mostly covers other people's songs. She's not known as a songwriter. And it's 73 years old to, to take a song from her new album. Uh, it's the title track of the song, actually. Um, uh, and, and give her the award for song of the year. That is a songwriter's award. What a wonderful what a wonderful way to honor an incredible woman. I'm a huge huge Bonnie Raitt fan and um so deserved. And this made it gave the it gave the Grammy organization credence in my mind again. So uh, you know the best rock album going to bra- best rock song, sorry, and performance to Brandy Carlisle beating the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> and Ozzy Osbourne. Fuck yeah. And Bonnie Raitt, winning song of the year. It's just awesome. Yes, I still get excited about music. And just so you know, I've got a music project in the works. I'm going to still do this, but I'm also going to feed that other part of me that needs music and I'll be able to give you more information in the coming days, weeks, and months. But it is something to look forward to and something to talk about. There's a little you know, song reference there. Anyway, um, so, yeah, uh, Bonnie don't need no pitch correct. No, she does not. No, we just, we saw her, um, you know, when she was here just a, a month or two ago. Didn't get to say hello this time because, uh, you know, COVID, they're still taking great precau- precautions. Um, but hopefully, hopefully Bonnie Raitt will be part of this new thing I'm putting together. She certainly will. Just keep in mind, women who rock. All right, that's all you need to know. And with that, we're done. Uh, we will disband for today and come back tomorrow. Uh, lots to talk about. I don't know what we're going to talk about tomorrow, but we'll figure it out by then. There's plenty. Uh, tomorrow night, Joe Biden delivers his State of the Union address. Oh, fun. Um, uh, yeah, so there's there's certainly uh plenty to talk about um so with that we're done i'll leave you with the news and i'll see you tomorrow with uh stuff with more stuff good stuff but stuff all right thanks for listening everyone <laughs> until tomorrow the news
1: it's time for nicole sandler's
2: what's news from nicole sandler.com and the progressive voices network
0: The death toll is climbing, now past 2300 already, after a devastating 7.8 magnitude earthquake struck Turkey and Syria, and that was followed by dozens of aftershocks, including another one measuring 7.5. This is the strongest earthquake in that region in over 100 years. The epicenter was in Turkey, not far from the Syrian border, and it hit while people were sleeping and unprepared for the impact. So far, they're saying at least 1,700 buildings have collapsed. Search and rescue operations are underway, but it's feared that thousands could be trapped under the rubble, as Turkey's disaster agency calls for assistance from the international community. U.S. Navy divers are searching for debris from the suspected Chinese spy balloon that floated over the U.S. before being shot down about six miles off the South Carolina coast on Sunday. The balloon had crossed much of the country from Montana to South Carolina after moving into American airspace via Canada. China said the U.S. overreacted to a civilian weather balloon that just went off course. A senior Biden administration official said in response that the U.S. is confident the balloon was seeking to monitor sensitive military sites judging from its path. Pentagon officials also told lawmakers that several Chinese balloons had strayed through U.S. airspace In the past six years, yes, during the Trump administration. While we're overseas, some encouraging news, encouraging news out of Iran? Well, Iran is saying they plan to pardon or commute the sentences of, quote, tens of thousands of people jailed during their ongoing anti-government protests. Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, has approved the plan to give, quote, amnesty and reduce punishment to the convicts, including the detainees of the recent riots in Iran. This according to the state-run news agency there. Now, the semi-official Tasnim news agency said the amnesty would not apply to people sentenced or charged for alleged espionage for outsiders those with direct links with foreign intelligence services, murder, or intentional injuries, as well as vandalism or arson attacks on government, military, and public sites. Over in the UK, health workers began their largest strike in history as tens of thousands of nurses and ambulance workers walk out in an escalating pay dispute, putting further strain on the National Health Service. Nurses and ambulance workers have been striking separately on and off, Since late last year, but today's walkout involving both largely in England is the biggest in the 75 year history of the NHS now closer to home to debt sailing hell and maybe a light on the horizon. Republican Brian Fitzpatrick, he's a co-chair of the bipartisan House Problem Solvers Caucus, said on Sunday that some Republican members are ready to break with their party's leadership on some of the aspects of debt ceiling negotiations, but they remain committed to attaching spending cuts. He said, quote, we can't have a clean debt ceiling increase. Why not? Anyway, Fitzpatrick's comments come after Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy held talks at the White House last week, ostensibly to address the debt limit. We'll see. A quick detour to Florida as we watch a previously blue and purple state turn authoritarian red. Now the Florida Supreme Court on Thursday deleted part of a rule that had allowed judges to take courses in fairness and diversity to meet a continuing education requirement. No more. This change, backed by six justices, drew a strongly worded dissent from Justice Jorge LaBarga, who wrote that it, quote, paves the way for a complete dismantling of all fairness and diversity initiatives in the state court system really. The Florida Supreme Court, which determines rules for the system, issued a decision that revised continuing education requirements. Part of the decision dealt with a requirement that judges receive training in judicial ethics. In the past, the rule said, quote, approved courses in fairness and diversity also can be used to fulfill the judicial ethics requirement. No more. Welcome to Florida, where ethics just don't come into play. Preparations going on now in the White House for Joe Biden's State of the Union Address half Tuesday night. President Biden might announce the launch of his re-election campaign during the address, but he's in a precarious position. Despite the lowest unemployment rate in decades and strong job growth, Biden's handling of the economy remains unpopular. We hear the president will use the State of the Union Address to play up his strong legislative record in the last Congress and urge Republicans to seek bipartisan deals during the next two years. Sure. Tuesday will begin with House members reading the Constitution out loud on the House floor. And finally, the Grammy Awards were handed out Sunday night. Beyonce broke the record for the most lifetime Grammy Awards with her four wins, bringing her total to 32. But I gotta say, the night belonged to the ladies. Americana folkie artist Brandi Carlisle taking home the awards for Best Rock Song and best rock performance
4: through the tears and to your
0: And the 73-year-old Bonnie Ray winning one of the big awards of the night for Best Song. You could see her in the audience mouthing the words, "You're kidding" when it was announced.
1: Just like that. Just
4: like that's your life, oh. 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 I'm so surprised. I don't know what to say. Thank you for honoring me to all the academy that surrounds me with so much support and appreciates the art of songwriting as I do. People have been responding to the song partly because of how much I love and we all love John Prine and that was the inspiration for the music for this song and telling a story from the inside. And I thank. I just, I don't write a lot of songs but I'm so proud that you appreciate this one and what this means for me and for the rest of the songwriters who I would not be up here tonight if it wasn't for the art of the great soul-digging hard-working people that put these songs and ideas to music. So I thank my team for helping me get this record out. And thank you so much. I'm just totally humbled. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: And that's just a bit of what's news. For now, I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and The Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that Donate button.